Welcome to ArchiSpeak, the podcast that talks about what it's like to work in the profession of architecture. All right. <clears throat> so you guys, do you guys have a, like a, a, a pole trailer, an, an RV trailer? No, no. So we're actually, we're driving up. My parents do. Okay. Um, when we went to Yellowstone last time, I pulled, they had this old like 60s trailer that we pulled. Mm-hmm. It was very heavy, um, but it was cool. And we pulled that all the way up from our house. But this time, this time we've got it all figured out. So my parents are in Truckee at the Donner Pass, right? That's where their <laughs> house is. And they are driving east over to Jackson Hole. Okay. And we are driving north to Jackson Hole, and we're going to rendezvous there. They're, they, it's a relatively new trailer, so they're going to teach us how to use it for a couple days, and then okay. we're going to take it all the way up to Glacier. So we're going to swap cars at that point. So we're driving, I don't know, you know, up to Salt Lake City, up to Jackson Hole in our car with the bikes on the back, and then we're going to swap all that over to the, the trailer, and they're going to take my car back to Truckee, and... We'll go back through Truckee on the way back home and drop the trailer and truck back off and swap cars again. So what do you, how do you normally get up there? Do you like take I-5 or? I-5 is the fast way. I think you mean the five. Is that what you mean? Um, Americans say, (laughs) yes, the five. (laughs) We take the five. Uh, We actually, I like to go up 395, which is a more scenic route up through the eastern sierra basically oh, okay i see i see it in the map through, the 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 worst part is down here of 395 it's through mojave desert which is just really boring desert to look at at least in that area and then you get up into like the really southern sierra area around ridgecrest and then it mm. just gets beautiful after that and we'll take that up to tahoe or to mammoth or whatever and and that's a beautiful way to go Five or ninety nine, both. Typically, we take the ninety nine because it goes through a lot of towns, <laughs> and so right. bathroom breaks. Yeah, five is just nothing. There's it's it's desolate, but it is like five lanes of eighty five miles an hour, so it's fast. Where ninety nine is two lanes. Um, anyway, yeah, you get up to Sacramento, then you head east on eighty and go over to Truckee. Yeah, I'm looking at. I looked up Truckee and. Sure enough, it says, uh, as you zoom in on it, it has the old uh, Donner Memorial State Museum. Yeah, been there many times. There's a giant statue out in front of that thing Is there of, a, for the Donner party. Yeah. Is there like a steak joint like right outside? <laughs> That'd be awesome if they're like <laughs> grilling meat. <laughs> da- Donner, Donner, Donner dogs. Donner diner. <laughs> Get your Donner dogs. It's a what mixture is... of meats. It's a mixture of meats. What's this chewy thing? Oh, that's a fingernail. Mm. <laughs> uh, you're horrible. Wait. Uh, oh, I said it. <laughs> so, all right. So, yeah, Donner Lake is Donner Lake is great. Great spot. So great you got. Spot. So you, you can drive up to the pass, and you can look down on Donner Lake and go rock climbing up there. It's just it's a playground. It's beautiful. So tell me what states you're going through. So we're going to drive up through. Okay, so we're in California. That one counts because it's huge. And then we go <laughs> yeah. through. Then we go through Nevada, through Vegas, up to Zion National Park, which is Utah. At that uh. point. That's, that's, so we do pass through Arizona right outside of Nevada for like a minute. Um, wait, wait, it's a very small piece of, of Arizona. We've actually stayed there before. When we when we towed the previous trailer up to Yellowstone, I think that was our first, because of the time that we started driving, it was later in the day already. So we stopped in Mesquite, which is right inside of Arizona, and it was so freaking yeah. hot, but there was a pool at the campground. So that's why we stayed there. <laughs> Not that you can really do that now. I don't think that that's uh, possible. But um, all the pools seem to be closed. But it's so yeah. We'll go. In, we're staying in Zion for a couple of days. We're gonna do the the Narrows. We're gonna go find our 
our love lock that we put on the one of the fences when we got married there. We yeah, got, cool. You know, you got to sort through thousands of locks and try to find yours again. But, you know, it's engraved. So it's always fun because it's kind of a race for the kids who can find it first. Hmm. And uh, that's really cool because that's like right inside the park. And, that, you know, it's just a special place for us. So we'll we'll go back up to where we got married, the spot we got married in the Temple of Sinawava and walk through the by the river and then go up and do the Narrows hike and stuff. And then we're going to go start heading up toward Jackson Hole. And we don't have to be Jackson Hole for four or five more days. So we're just going to figure it out as we go. I don't have any stops planned. We're just going to do whatever feels right. And uh, so then we'll, at that point, we'll still be in Utah. Then we'll cross over into Wyoming for um, Jackson Hole and stay at the Tetons for a couple days. Mm. Mm, and nice. last time we were at the Tetons, it was totally socked in and you couldn't even see the mountain range. Uh, and we're going to, you know, obviously go to the visitor center there, the BCJ yeah. design. And uh, that was a, that's a really cool visitor center. And then we're going to do a bunch of hiking trails and stuff, hopefully around there. Learn how to use the trailer, meet up with my parents at that point. Oh, and... so you're not you're not actually going to Truckee or you're going to go to Truckee at the end? At the end. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yep, yep. Yeah, so we, t- we take the 15 basically all the way up to Salt Lake City and then head over towards Jackson Hole. Okay, because I was a little confused. I was like, wait, you're going to drive all the way to Truckee to then go to Zion? That's... Well, right. <laughs> I, guess, I feel a little weird. So, che- so check it. It's twenty six hundred and ten miles from my house to Truckee. I'll go pick it up for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you could just meet us in in uh, Jackson Hole. That's a little closer. Yeah, yeah, you know. Actually, it's wow. So the not easy to get to the one. The one uh, I'd have to go through. Uh, no, no, this one takes me through Nebraska instead of Kansas. Yeah. Kansas. Sorry, Kansas. God. <laughs> what a flat drive. That's where my dad's dad is. Actually, my both my dad's parents are from Kansas. Yeah. Never been there. It is uh, flat. Flat. Yes, as those Plains states are. So... Let's see. Yes, we'll be just in the you know the western edge of Wyoming, basically, and then we're going to drive up through Yellowstone and into Montana, up toward Bozeman, and stay up there for a couple of days. And then we're going to drive up to Glacier, which is northern, mm. northwestern Montana. Nice. Yes, yeah, Montana's huge. It is. I mean, I mean, all these states out here, are yeah, pretty big. It went off the rails when it came to uh, drawing the uh, state lines out west, west of the Mississippi. It's pretty pretty hilarious to look at. I saw actually somebody posted uh, an image on Twitter the other day of you know it's just the basic states lines, mm-hmm. and somebody just mirrored the image, and it was mind bending. It was like you've seen this shape your whole life, and now it's backwards, oh, and uh, it is. It was you. Your eyes like were bugging out looking at it. It was super weird. <laughs> you should look that up. It's awesome. So I saw somebody post the other day something about the average American only sees eight states in their lifetime. What? And in some cases, you know, some people don't even travel out of their own home state. And I was just looking at it and I'm surprised that I'm not. Well, I mean, it would be be pretty easy for you to like just stay within California and be able to experience every possible like, you know, climatic. Oh, dude, zone. we have so many climate zones. Here. I know, exactly. Um, <laughs> but so we I have 16 climate zones. <laughs> In, in the continental U.S., I have only not been to eight states. Oh, wow. Look at you, Mr. Inverse. And Exactly. And then overall, I've not been to ten states because I have not okay, been. Okay, so let's let's quickly name off the, 
the ones that you have not been to. Have not been to. Since so, you have a, a running list, I don't have that list. So they are all in the, mostly in the upper Northwest. So I. Well, you also said you haven't been to Maine. Yes. Yeah, so I have not been to Maine. That okay. is the only, that is the only Eastern seaboard. And I was, we were within miles, but. You were so close. We were. <laughs> but we decided to go to Salem, Massachusetts instead. So, you know. Which cool. is witches, Maine. Yes. Of course, you chose witches. We, yeah. we chose witches. So Maine, the only one on the eastern seaboard. Um, and the, pretty much the only one like west of the line. If you drew a line straight down Minnesota and went east, that's the only state that I have not hit. But then, so I've not hit Maine, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, North Dakota, and South Dakota. That's right, because when you came out here with your boy, yep. you guys did like the Nevada, Utah, Colorado, I assume. You drove back through there. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and so we we actually hit both Nebraska and Kansas on that um, that drive back. Very cool. So, Those yeah. Those are the new ones. That was new new territory for you a few, um, couple of years ago. I've been to, I've been through Kansas a couple of times, but I had never been through Nebraska, so we, we wanted to hit Nebraska. Isn't South Dakota where the biggest ball of twine is? Or is uh, that Nebraska? No, that's actually Kansas. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yep. Gotta tr- gotta plan that trip still. <laughs> uh yeah. That is uh it is it's off of old twenty four. Yes. It's in Cocker City. C A W K E R. It's off of old 24. Looking at it. Not that it really matters. Yeah. It all looks the same. It sure in the hell felt like it when we were driving across it. It's surprisingly green in the mapping. I didn't really expect that. But Kansas. When, you, when I, just... I have this mental image of Kansas, yeah, that's just kind of like. That's all farmland. Yeah. It is, geez. You, I guess it's funny because you zoom in on the map, and it is it is all brown when you zoom in far enough, right? So, and, but but if you zoom out, it's it's various shades. It's mostly green. It looks very green in Apple Maps, at least. Yeah. So I'm looking in Google Maps right now, and in Google Maps, if you look at the the state line border of Minnesota, Iowa. Missouri, Arkansas, all the way down to Louisiana, that whole line, everything to the west, I mean, sorry, to the east of it is green and mountainy and hilly and in some way, shape or form. And then everything to the west is like flat, flat and super flat, wide on open. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's cool. I got to do that sometime. Yeah. And then you get out into New Mexico and amazing how many mountains there are in new mexico oh i know i know it's beautiful uh, up in santa fe and up in, and, and then stuff. in the uh the springs area in northern new mexico mm-hmm. uh it's just yeah it's beautiful but it's funny because you you start to see the roads really get twisty versus out in in kansas and oklahoma and stuff they're they're pretty much like straight lines. straights with some diagonals yeah i mean they're they're just various angles and then, then you get into New Mexico and they start twisting. Even in Arizona, they're pretty twisty. So, well, Yeah, it's cool, man. I can't wait to go on this road trip and be kind of in our own little self-encapsulated travel capsule and go see some new territory. All right. So of the states that I haven't been to, which are all those kind of like northwestern and mm-hmm. plain states, you are going to hit at least three of them? Well, on the way back, we're going back down through Idaho. <clears throat> yeah, so, so you're going to go to Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho? Yep. Utah, Nevada, a little bit of Arizona, and California. Those are the eight. Wow. That's... No, sorry, seven. I guess it's seven states. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, it's seven states, not eight. The thing that really... So that's my... that's when we'll be heading back down over to Truckee, Tahoe area, and then we'll drive our car back home from there. We'll fly back home down the 395 or whatever. Oh, so you're leaving your car? Wait, wait. My parents are taking my car from the Tetons back to Truckee. And uh, then we're okay. going to take the trailer back to Truckee and swap on the way home. 
Gotcha. That's nice. That sounds great. I know. It's like, it's funny that the, my oldest child and a friend of his, my parents were planning a big graduation trip for him to go to Alaska. And obviously all that got <laughs> canceled. And they were going to go fly fishing and do photography and, you know, live the life basically mm-hmm. for a, a couple of weeks. And that got canceled until maybe next year. Hopefully that'll still happen. So in Since. the meantime, they went up to Truckee and they oh. went over to the Redwoods Beautiful. and they camped out and it was, it was awesome. He, him and his buddy were like fishing every day and they decided that they were going to build a little fire ring and on the edge of this river that's just all rock and they built a fire they caught a fish they threw the fish on the log cooked it and ate it right there on the side of the river and i was it's like wow you're really rough in it and he just had this big grin like he thought it was the best experience ever (laughs) and i mean they're right there they pulled the fish out of the river they cleaned it they cooked it they ate it and they kept on fishing like (laughs) such a cool little little experience that they had nobody does that most people don't go out of their state cormac clearly (laughs) so you know it was was great because so like you know the the trip that i did with my oldest when he graduated happened to coincide with the aia convention and so we flew out there and then rented a car and tried to hit as many states and kind of follow the fun little path of the atlas obscura where we just kind of like found weird little roadside stuff. That's so cool. Yeah. And so my, you know, my now rising senior who looks like he's going to be robbed out of an actual like senior year, you know, we were talking about this. It's like, so the seniors that lost out on their graduation this past year. Yeah, that sucked. But you don't even get a senior year, but, but in, (laughs) but they were, you know, they like, you know, closed down schools in March. And for the most part, most seniors have already checked out by then anyway. Um, Well, they didn't get a prom and they didn't get a graduation. Those are like the two things. And so they didn't get the prom and they didn't get the graduation. This year's crop of seniors might not get a year at all. Yeah. And because we we're already starting our school year or we will be Mm -hmm. starting our school year, all virtual, you know, like everybody else's. Yes. And, um, and so his first, his first, uh, semester, um, will be all virtual, no football, no nothing, no, you know, so no senior year of football, no senior year of rugby, no senior year of any of those things. No, no first day of school of the senior year. Um, like, you know, how everybody always posts the pictures of their kids, you know, first yep. day of school and they're like, oh, yeah, they're yeah. like now okay. everyone's doing it in their house. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to, I'll post <laughs> pictures of first day at school and him like asleep in his pajamas in his bed. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jack, my, my, one of my other boys, he started 10 days ago. Wow. That's great. I forget yeah, you they guys start really early. I forget you guys always start early. Um, yeah. so, so his trip though. The trip that he wants to do, he's like, oh, if you drove across country with um, Aiden, um, he's an adult, so he can have a name. (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) when when I drove across country with him, that was, you know, great for him. And, you know, it was like, oh, it kind of set the precedent. So, yes, you know, my son being, you know, my middle child being my middle child and, you know, wanting to one up everybody, he says, all right, so our trip is going to be Miami to Anchorage. Yeah, that's right. I remember you telling me that. <laughs> one way tri- one way trip right now. Yeah. 49,000 or 4953 miles. Wow. And you and you're up for it, right? I'm up for it. Heck yeah. I mean, the uh Well, as long as you can get through Canada at that yeah. point. Well, that was the bummer cuz when we were in Minnesota about, you know, a few weeks ago to to literally be looking right at the the border crossing yeah. and not be able to go across just sucked i mean you had to have quite a bit of paperwork to prove that you're an essential worker to be able well, you're to... a podcaster of course you can do it see i should have done that <laughs> I re- oh man i really want to visit where my um grandparents or great-grandparents emigrated from ireland to canada and they emigrated to nova scotia and i would really love to see that don't think I'm ever going to see it. 
or at least it doesn't seem like it, all the way out on the edge, the North Atlantic edge of uh, Nova Scotia. That's awesome. That's where my my father's mother's family is from. He They went up there a couple of years ago and visited all the old sites of the Troxels in the Patroquins back then. It was pretty cool to go visit. See, and That's where they came through. I uh, told you I found that we were we apparently had a marital tie to Troxels. Oh, that's right. You did say that. Yeah, that's freaky. Uh, yeah. So, brother. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, cuz. <laughs> so weird. I feel a little delirious because I've been since I think since last we recorded, I've probably worked every night during the weeks to try to wrap try to get a little closer on our remodel and then every weekend just 12 14 hour days trying to basically save money it's it's kind of not worth it right <laughs> but how do, how it do does justify the the tool ownership but at the same time it's so difficult it's hard work i i was thinking about this yesterday so tell me tell me what your reaction is to this it's amazing to me how, because I was going to tweet this out, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. So you're you're first one to hear this. Um, it's amazing how often architects have to think upside down and in reverse. Yeah. And builders. I'm not just architects, but architects and builders, because I was trying to do this yesterday and I suck so bad at it. I It's like I've done, I have to do it so much and I still suck so bad at it. So let me give you this little story. So one time... I was sitting in the executive conference room at Washington University in St. Louis, and I was sitting around with our clients and everything else, and we were talking about, you know, some phasing and how we kind of needed to, like, push some of the phasing of this new pedestrian bridge a year out from where we had anticipated actually starting the, the project. And so they're like, well, but, you know, we can't leave the project site the way it looks you know we want to build something temporary to dress it up you know because you know we, we bring tours through and, and everything else and we just we want it to look you know nice and so we started kind of brainstorming and and i was like well i've got you know a couple of ideas that you know maybe i can sketch up and they're like um well sure let's talk about it. and so you know they had some drawings laying in front of them and i laid some trace paper over them and i started drawing you know, they're sitting on the opposite side of the table of me and, and I'm drawing it out a lot and stuff. And they're like, yeah, I like the way that this is going. And then he stopped. He's like, wait, did you just draw the whole thing upside down? I'm like, yeah, I was drawing it so that you could see it. Not so I could see it, but so you could see it. And they're like, you couldn't have just drawn it and then turned the paper around. I'm like, nah. And I like, I drew the whole entire sketch completely, blown. Ups- completely upside down. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a, it is a skill that is developed. And and to me, the drawing part of it, because you're used to looking at RCPs and yeah, you do get used to looking at things upside down. But okay, so here's my experience yesterday was I'm putting up a ceiling with my wife and it's a tongue and groove ceiling mm-hmm. and we have to go around stuff. It's not just a simple rectangle and the tongue and grooves, as you may or may not know, like they're, they're not just on the, the long edges of the board. They're on the short edges of the mm-hmm. board too, mm-hmm. right? And there is definitely on this ceiling system that we chose an up and a down. So the the down is finished, the up is not, right? So the stu- the part you're not going to see is not finished. <clears throat> so it really matters which direction these boards are facing when you're cutting them and obviously cutting and planning all the different lengths and so that they fit together and you get the right pattern in the ceiling because the boards are not continuous the entire length of the room. So it's like a deck, right? But it's in reverse. It's tongue and groove. It's upside down. Oh my god, I made so many errors. Oh no. So many errors. And and it eventually you learn enough to like get a system and you should see I'll take a picture of the sketch that I had to do because we pl- we event on the second room after we learned everything that not to do on the first room. On the second room, we planned it all out. We planned all the lengths of the cuts. And then I even had to draw little diagrams of which end of the board I cut off to keep the right end in check. And I still screwed it up so many times. (laughs) And then basically, I'm out there operating the saw all day long. Cut, 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 cut. Hand off, 
Jesse takes them all in and installs them. So she's working with her hands <laughs> over her head. I mean, I had to, I did the first room and she helped me finish up that one. And then she put the whole second room up almost oh, wow. by herself while I'm doing all the cuts just because we were running out of daylight and we needed to get done because we're leaving tomorrow. Right. Mm-hmm. So, oh my gosh, what a, what a crazy day. And we were, we were just hurting so bad by the time we were done last night, mentally and physically, I have <laughs> to say. So did you finish? We did. Like, wow. And, and seriously, the last board I pulled out is the last board. Like I ordered like, exactly the right amount of material, and even with all my errors. And, and I did have quite a bit of waste. I'm like super ashamed of. <laughs> <laughs> we'll use it for some other project. But it's because we that's the other thing. Like you figure out what you're not good at. And what I'm not good at is planning how to use that stuff efficiently so that there isn't waste. Because I just I don't do this all the time. It's like, where do the cuts go? And you could I definitely could have spent all that time pre planning all of that out but i didn't i don't i'm so busy like since the last time we talked i've done drywall electrical and then oh sorry insulation first we re-insulated the walls and added an additional inch and a half of rigid then we put in furring strips then we did drywall ran all the electrical before all that and and then drywall came in and I did not do the drywall myself, so that just happened. Um, I don't want to take credit for that. The guys did an amazing job. And then I painted it, and I inhaled so many fumes because I did a, I did a airless sprayer, you know, those okay. mechanical yeah, yeah. pump. Yeah. That thing was awesome because I, I – so we primed the whole thing by hand with rollers. Mm. So that's another thing we did. We primed everything. And then because the drywall, it just sucks up paint, right? Um. And then I, I spray painted the whole thing and that went way faster. So just to give people an idea of, of painting times, when we did the primer, two of us with rollers, three hours, so six hours total with the airless sprayer. After that, I did the whole thing in an hour and a half by myself. Wow. That's how much faster it is. And I mean, the finish is perfect. Um, as long as, you know, you don't, load up too much paint you won't get any runs but quite a difference but also like i probably took two years off of my life with all that paint and i was wearing a mask but i don't have a respirator so that was the that's the big thing i definitely had like paint paint boogers after that (laughs) so then after the paint you know i had to do various like caulk and stuff to just right to clean things up then we had to cut in a bunch of um, duplex and, you know, whatever, boxes, receptacles, boxes. And then we had to wire, we wired up a bunch of outlets, not all of them, but a lot of them, and switches and stuff. And then we put in the ceiling. So, like, that's all happened since the last time we talked, which was, what, like two weeks ago? And that is just nights and weekends. So it's it's been a, a crazy how fast we're trying to, the pay, because we need to get it done so that school can happen and so that work can happen because right now we're operating out of various nooks and crannies of the house and it's cramped and it's a mess. So, <laughs> Yeah. I think the, the next few weeks, well, actually we only, we don't have a few weeks, the next um, like week and a half or so we've got to kind of like make sure that everybody is arranged in there. I mean, because we will have everybody from, you know, me operating just, you know, a day-to-day work schedule to my wife conducting classes, which right now, as of right now, they are actually doing a blended in-person virtual um, classroom. So we'll see how long that lasts. But then, you know, when she eventually does come home to do a full virtual, you know, she'll need to have her own space. Then we have a seventh grader, a senior and a college sophomore all operating um, virtually within this house. Jeez. Yep. Uh, so everybody will be gainfully in, employed with some form of <laughs> virtual world, which means that I am going to, because I've been recently been getting booted off of my Zoom calls because of uh, bandwidth issues, is I'm going to. Oh, harp. no. 
I'm going to start hardwiring everything. So that yeah, that's, has that's definitely something I did in that room is I put in network cable for a bunch of different locations and I got to wire up all that stuff still as far as like, you know, into the switch and yeah, yeah. all that good stuff. But, but for that exact reason, because we're all going to be online all the time and hardwired is better than wireless for sure. You yeah. just get too saturated with the wireless and yep. it doesn't yep. work. Yeah. And then, you know, not only is everybody like on their laptop device wireless but then they have their phone going right next to it connected to the wi-fi so you know, you've got twice as many uh devices you know pulling pulling down our wi-fi and yesterday i was on a on a meeting for a new project and sure enough um i get i got booted off three times wow yeah it happens it happens a lot and and it's like what else is going on in the house right now? You start thinking, what else is going on? And what, what are my neighbors doing? And I can only imagine what, what's going on with bandwidth right now across the country, across the world. Exactly. You know, if you think about dependent we are, uh, you know, it would be interesting to kind of like figure out what architects did during the last pandemic. You know, obviously everything was all, you know, hand drawn and all that other stuff. So they weren't too dependent on the, um, you know, any form of like, phone or whatever else um or telegraph machine so it, it you know mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of interesting it's like did they how how did they work or did they work and and now that we're working all from home and everything is you know 100 percent digital um you know if something were to happen power outages you know massive you know brownouts or things like that you know how devastating that would be yeah Totally. I, I keep thinking like that's gonna happen, right? <laughs> and, and and you guys you guys used to have systematic like rolling brownouts all the time. Oh yeah. Totally is a thing here in the summer for sure. When all the ACs kick on, when everybody went home from work at five right. o'clock, five thirty. Yeah. And that's why there's a there was a huge move by the power companies to basically have overrides on everybody's home system that you mm. could opt into. It wasn't like a mandatory thing, but it was opt-in, save substantial money on your electric bill, and basically they can override your thermostat so that they could control that, the load and, and where reason, it's happening. And yet, for some reason, everybody seems to be so hesitant on you know, natural power sources like wind and solar. Yeah, totally. You know? <laughs> I would say, though, that, that Southern California and the, probably the Western desert states like Nevada and you know where, where they are populated have really adopted solar probably the leading yeah. areas in the country but because we have you know clear skies most of the time it's really dry so you don't get a lot of cloud cover here and solar really does work here mm-hmm. compared to a lot of other places you have the entire country of Germany you know <laughs> who's on renewable energy and then i I will say this that it is i found it very interesting that um a lot of the midwestern states uh that i've driven through um have they have you you can see the the solar i mean not the solar race um you can see wind uh is you know pretty prevalent like in the northern northern portion of michigan up into the upper peninsula maybe not necessarily the upper peninsula but you know northern portion of michigan um there's a lot of wind turbines in there and then pennsylvania and new york uh seen them all over there not sure i've seen any in ohio yet but you know it just makes sense you know you've got all of this wind coming off of these great lakes that you know you could completely harness yep and contrary to popular belief wind is not you know a limited resource yeah, I can't even, so switching gears a little bit, I can't even fathom the size of those lakes. Like, they're just lakes in quotes to me. They're not lakes, they're oceans. Is there well, any Is there any kind of, like... Uh, they are, they're, you know, yes, they call them, you know, the Great Lakes, and they are pretty great. Um, but, uh, you know, my wife and I always refer to them as the Inland Seas. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is there, do they, they get waves and stuff on them, right? Because of those winds? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I got picked up and body slammed in Lake Huron by, um, some, uh, you know, some wind driven waves and I, it like bruised my hip for weeks from mm. like just being like pile drove into the sand. So are there, uh, is there any use of current generators that you know of? Do they do um, any of that kind of thing? No, they don't. I mean, there's a lot of people who, you know, try to keep, you know, any of that stuff out of the the lakes. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, they are still pretty damn clean, even though there's a massive shipping channel that, you know, kind of goes through uh, Lake Michigan, you know, on into Huron and then kind of out, uh, you know, like the other uh, Erie and Ontario and then out through the St. John River. Um, and so there's that, you know, kind of constant influx of large shipping and stuff like that but you know for the most part you know you go to these some of these places and they are you know like uh lake superior is you know not i mean they do have some shipping but it's not as uh extreme as like the the border states around like lake michigan yeah but um i was just wondering if if that was another source of renewable mm -hmm. energy i've seen pretty pretty cool proposals and ideas around those current generators that they sit out there like in the bottom of the the bay or the ocean or whatever and and use the naturally occurring currents that happen there because they're pretty consistent in the ocean right and and well uh they're pretty consistent in uh um in the lakes too i would assume Um, yeah there's been so much data collection that they would know all that stuff yeah every every time you go to like you know the kind of like a state park or a national park that's on the lakes you know they talk about the currents they talk about you know hey if you're going to take a kayak out which i found pretty interesting um because you know we had like a trailer full of kayaks but they were all like the recreational kayaks yeah and they're like yeah you can't use them out here oh um, interesting and uh they're not seaworthy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well yeah i mean they, there are uh, there's a difference, yeah, in ocean kayaks versus versus difference. recreational kayaks. They've got like channels and, running on the bottom and all kinds of anti-tip kind of tech built yes. into them. Yeah. And they're a lot heavier. Yeah. Um. So the and, and then you know the sea kayaks, like you know we we watched a bunch of people. Um, sadly, we watched people go out in kayaks when we couldn't. Um. But uh, they were they had the the long the long bound. Um you know, sea kayaks and they, they look pretty stable. Yeah. yeah. So looks like I got to buy a sea kayak. <laughs> got to own one. Don't, don't just rent them when you need them, buy it, store yeah. it, yeah. you know, take care of it. All those things. Oh, speaking of that's like an upcoming project. We got to clean out our garage. It's so bad. And for those people out there thinking like, there's nothing architectural to talk about. Like, I'm sorry, people, we are checked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting is that, you know, I get a an email from uh our engineers that, you know, we were talking about like next steps and, you know, the the, the upcoming um schedules and deliverables and things like that, you know, for this project. And they're like, Well, you know, we're not we've we're not gonna be working on this project till mid September. You know, and of course you do a double take, you just like say what? And they're like, you know, we needed to give our engineers a break. We've been working on this project for almost two years now. Wow. And then, and then you stop and you're like, oh crap, we have been. Yeah. You just get tunnel vision. We've literally been nonstop on this project for two years. Well, good for them Um, for recognizing that. (laughs) And, and I, I, and somebody emailed me and they were like, what's up with that email that we get, we just got. And I'm like. I don't know why we didn't do that. Yeah. I mean, wow. it's we, interesting. I, I was wondering, I saw somebody had brought up this idea and so I'll just bring it up here. I can't, sorry, I can't attribute it, but it was like mental health studies in 10 years. What are they going to say happened in 2020? What, to what extent, <laughs> to what extent has this gone to that we're unaware of kind of like what you're talking about right now? wow, we have been doing that for this long nonstop and we don't even recognize it because there's no such thing as time anymore, right? It's just constant. I think it's going to be a big, it's going to be a big eye-opening study 
that's going to be yeah. done. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing um, that, you know, who, like, we sit around and they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, it's Wednesday. And they're like, dude, it's Friday. Like what? Wait, what? Yes, there's no. It's like so, you don't even know. Yeah, so so many people have like lost track of like what actual day it is, and and you oh, know, I was putting it, my kids to bed last night, and my daughter said, "She's like, I can't wait to go on our trip." I'm like, "That's tomorrow." I like. <laughs> she's like, "What?" She she thought it was Wednesday. You know, and it's it was Friday. It's it's insane. Even kids, right? Who are you, like the sharpest? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've like totally lost, you know, like all concept of like time and date. Yeah. You know, because like Activities now, have all know, been canceled, right? So they my, don't have my, any markers. Yeah. So like my daughter, like without, you know, she's she's just you know her her body is, you know, set to she can't stay awake any later than nine thirty, and you know usually wakes up early and. You know, she's, she just naturally wakes up on a certain schedule. And even her now has, like, you know, things have, like, shifted and changed. And now she's staying up later and, you know, sleeping in longer and all this other stuff. And you're just, like, you know, um, somebody who was, like, clockwork, you know, like, on the on the dime. You know, she's, like, always, like, waking up. You know, I never had to wake her up for school. I never had to, like, tell her to go to sleep. She was always, like, all right, I'm done good good night go to bed and uh she's just like lost all kind of concept now because just everything you know there's there's no like demand on time which you know leads me to the you know obvious which is time is a construct of yes you know (laughs) people i mean flawed people we don't we don't we don't need it man oh man I'll wake up when I feel like waking up. I will do, I will give you the eight hours of work whenever within the 24 hour period of time that, you know, I do it, whether when and where I do it and I'll go to sleep when I want and just let me roll. And I don't need no office. Exactly. You don't. It's a, it's amazing how much this has changed everything. It allows you to rethink why you do things the way you do. And because normally you're just so caught up in doing things the way you do them, you never get the opportunity to kind of step back and resurvey the landscape of all of these things that are so, you know, quote unquote, fundamental to the way that we work. And you start to question the viability of it anymore because things are different now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so let me ask you this out of curiosity, because we were um, in a PM meeting yesterday and we were talking about um, projects that we were going after and, and um, even in um, uh, uh, Jeff Eccles is a daily podcast that he does kind of like live stream that he does. We were talking about um, how we're going about getting new projects and new work in the current era of time um, and how everything is, you know, nothing is face to face anymore. Everything is, you know, on, you know, virtually. And, you know, are are you guys doing that? I'm I'm kind of assuming that you guys are, is that, Mm -hmm. you know, going after and landing new projects. Yeah, totally. Without ever, you know, shaking a hand or seeing somebody face to face. Yeah, totally. Which, you know, leads me to believe that you know kind of the next step in the evolution of the office did you see the the office did you see the letter that rei posted like a week ago no no yeah so the the ceo of rei posted a letter i'll find a link for it in the show note and put it in the show notes but it was basically saying that the brand new headquarters that they just completed, I guess. I, they don't really no, no. go into it in this. But they're they're going to sell it. They haven't even occupied it yet. Oh, wow. And it's enormous. It's like this giant NBBJ project up in Washington, uh, Bellingham, Washington, I believe. And no it's, a, it's a whole campus. And they've decided that they are not, it is not in the best interest of the company, um, the company's future viability to have that campus so they are not going to have a headquarters. They are going to have 
multiple headquarters, which are much smaller and spread out all over the place. And they're completely using this as an opportunity to change their business model. I thought what was so interesting about it was that they just spent all these years and dollars developing a, a campus that they are now going to never even move into. They're going to sell it. They think they can sell it for a profit. They're going to use that money to basically main, make their business strong and keep the people they have uh, in for who knows you know what, what the future is going to bring. But they're basically completely changing the way that they operate. And I thought well, it was yeah. a great, it was a very well done letter. It was, it was definitely like an example of leadership being shown and the way that it was communicated was really well done. So I, I, if you guys haven't seen it, I'll put a link to uh, it in the show notes. Yeah, please. Cause I want to look that up. Yeah. But it gives you an idea of what some companies are doing to say business will never be the same again. Right. So let's let's not pretend like it's going to be. Let's use this. Op- let, and I don't. They're not even saying it like this is an opportunity. They're saying like this is what we have to do to survive. We can't continue to operate the way that we did. It'll, well, it just you know, won't work. And, and that's the interesting thing that part of the conversation Jeff's you know session was um, a little bit about. And because and I had, I had brought up that I'm seeing more and more that smaller firms and even sole practitioners are being able to compete with, you know, for larger projects, you know, with larger firms or, you know, medium to large size firms, because now everybody's looking to streamline the process. Also, you know, control budgets, um, you know, reduce that overhead. And so, you know, the the smaller firm can basically hire the sole practitioner or a small firm could basically hire remote people to basically balance out the the staffing needs for projects and everybody works remotely and that firm that is either a local firm or or able to like land that firm is able to actually compete against, you know, like, you know, your company and my company to be able to go after projects that they are qualified for, but normally wouldn't have the the staffing to be able to compete with those. Yeah. And so now it's actually opening up a, a pretty interestingly wide array of opportunities for smaller firms to compete at a higher level. And I kind of love it. Um, I, I kind of also, you know, like, Hey, hey, hey that, that, that's a project that we should have, um, <laughs> should. You, know, you know, but, mm. but just the fact that it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting, it's going to be really interesting opportunities that are coming in the now, not the distant future, but in now with trying to see how larger firms like these big, you know, mega firms and stuff, how they're able to. Um, it was mentioned that, you know, if you are still doing things the way you were doing things six months ago, you're not paying attention to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And and that's really the case now is that if you, if we continue to operate the way that we did, we're going to be obsolete because there are going to be these like ninja businesses that are able to be so agile and, and react to everything and and cater to the client's needs far better than, you know, somebody who's still doing things in quite possibly a brick and mortar setting. Yeah. You know, if if I'm in Baltimore and I'm gonna go and work for, you know, somebody in wherever and I, I'm gonna say, you know, hey, I most of the time they want somebody like, you know, face to face at least, you know, a couple times a month for meetings and things like that. The the interesting thing about our particular business model is that that's we've sort of been that way. And I think you guys are, too, is like we've been that way that we will go to the client. Client yeah. doesn't have to come to us. We right. always go to the client. Of course. Yeah. And and that's that's, that's the what, service industry right there. <laughs> exactly. And that that's what this that's what this um this new shift in the way that we're working is really going to be able to afford everybody, not just a select few, but everybody because the playing field is becoming a little bit different. Yeah, completely a a lot more flat for sure. And it's interesting because it's really, there's a lot more competition. I I don't know if how how tapped into the business development side of things you are in your office, but from the stuff that I'm hearing is like, 
65 firms are going after this project, <laughs> not six. Yeah. So it's 10x the number. And so what you're talking about is absolutely happening. And you again, you can't continue to operate how you always have because the level of competitiveness just went way up because that playing field has been more leveled. And now, like companies that are embracing the distributed workforce and the distributed uh, expertise and the distributed talent, that really, like, if, if you can hire a code expert from anywhere and you can hire a BIM manager from anywhere and you can, you know, any number of roles for your company, you're not limited to your geographic location anymore. So you actually can go for the best person yeah, exactly. for that role. Yeah. Then your team's going to, get going to get better because of that right because you're not limited to a certain pool anymore um, as long as you don't think that you're going to go back to working in that office in that town and you need those people to be localized to you then right. then that those opportunities are open to you but it does take well, you know, take a mindset shift for sure it totally does and I, and i think you know the the firms that are willing to embrace that are going to be the ones that are going to continue to flourish and really set the trend for the way that we continue to evolve the air quote office in the future. Um, <clears throat> because you know, you, you're spot on the ability for firms. So like say, you know, we wanted to go out and, you know, hire, uh, this guy, Evan Troxel as our, um, you know, kind of like technology, um, you know, use of technology and practice kind of guru, but you know, Hey, there's no way that we're going to get Evan to come to Baltimore because Evan, you know, is fully entrenched in living, you know, he's got family and everybody else living in California, but we can still hire Evan. Um, but Evan is now virtual, but you know, and then every once a great while, if Evan needs to like fly from place to place, Evan, you know, I mean, that's just what we do. Yeah. And, and so that is kind of the interesting mindset that, you know, you're totally spot on about. It's like, you know, now we can go out and hire the best people for our firm and our firm's growth, and they don't have to be sitting in our office. Yeah. Yeah, because what have we been doing for the last four or five months? Exactly. Operating so, remotely, uh, so it's proven. You can do it. It has been done. And in many cases, people are reporting that they're more productive more effective um, that may change once school begins <laughs> but but that's again it's just going to be a, a new opportunity to kind of redefine working hours and and where you're working from and it doesn't have to be so based on how we've always done it people are going to have to be more flexible so they're going to work when they can and and be about performance rather than how long your butt yeah. is in the seat, right? Which I think exactly. has been something that this profession has been missing seriously for a long time. It should not be about how long you sit at that computer every day. It should be about what you get done, period. And when you said yeah. you were going to get it done by, who cares when you yeah. do it? As long as you agree to show up for those meetings that are important and you get it done by the time you said you were going to get it done by and you do it well, like that is the performance kind of metric that I would want to base my career on and right. if i don't right. have anything to do why would i be forced to fill that time twiddling my thumbs on the clock you know quote unquote when i'm when there's nothing to do and then those other times when there's a lot to do you get it done and you and nobody has to worry about cuz we're salaried right not everybody's salaried but most i'll just speak for myself i'm salaried why do you mm -hmm. care when i work you, right. you've hired me to do a job you have not hired me to sit in a chair for eight or nine hours a day. Right. And, and, you know, and even if, you know, I agree to like give you eight hours a day, does it have to be eight continuous hours getting up and going to stretch your legs for work day and, you know, walk, going out for a walk and just spending time with family? I mean, in a way, you know, because you and I've had this conversation before about you're working you then know, too <laughs> your mind is well yeah <laughs> but i mean it's it's a way for you to kind of get a little bit of clarity back into Absolutely. So, okay you know i've been staring at the screen for you know four hours and i need to step away and get a little bit of clarity and kind of reprioritize what the rest of the tasks i need to do are yep. 
And it's so much easier. I mean, like I was going to say, it's like, you know, you and I have had this conversation about you're not a nine to five creative. You know, it, it doesn't work that way. It's Absolutely. you're creative when you're creative. And and it's like, I'm productive when I'm productive. And yeah, I like to get up early in the morning and like, you know, maybe start working before anybody else logs on so that I can actually like get into like, you know, oh, you know, somebody sent me some overnight emails and I can get into reading those and really kind of like prioritizing how I answer those and who needs to help me out with getting some of those answers and, yeah. and things like that. And then it's just like, oh, you know what? I feel like taking a break at nine and going for a walk with my wife and, you know, uh, doing whatever. And hey, everybody's starting to wake up or, or the kids are, you know, getting ready to log on to school. Let me help them out for a while. Does Is, is somebody like hovering over me saying, uh, 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 you should be sitting at your desk working. Can't happen anymore, though. Right. And I exactly. think I think that you are going to see exactly that shift happening over the next few weeks. Now that kids are going back to school and people are balancing daycare and yeah. the amount yeah. of time on their screens and school and homework and cooking and all the things right so it's it's going to be another level of i think everybody kind of breathed a sigh of relief once school got out but yeah now yeah. that school's going back in there's some st stress is starting to build again and people are wondering mm. what's going to happen and it's going to mm. it is going to force changes to happen i mean i've already gotten messages and emails like hey i've got Two kids, they're starting, one's going into first grade, one's going into third grade. We've never done this before, right? How many emails or messages have you seen, like, never done this uh, yeah, before? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and so in our, in our state, you know, uh, so far, every jurisdiction, there isn't, you know, other than private schools, uh, there is nobody who is um, starting in physical schools. Um, and as of right now, there's this big kind of argument between the governor and the local, um, jurisdictions and, uh, private schools on, you know, like the, um, like our County specifically, our County has said, you know, all schools, including private and, you know, so there's this whole big debate and lawsuits and all sorts of other things. Cause you know, that's how public safety works. Yeah, um, right. Uh, but, um, you know, but yeah, we've, we've had, you know, or, or even the fact that like, you know, uh, I've got a couple of people on my team, including myself, that their wives are teachers. And so they're, you know, they're starting to, the school hasn't started, but they're starting to go back to work doing online training, getting things ready to go and start doing the weeks of weeks and weeks of planning to get ready for the the new school year. And so they've got we're already starting to see that shift in hey, I can't work at such and such a time because I've got to do this or you know, I've got to take care of my, you know, daughter or son or whoever else and stuff. And so yeah, the 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 9 to 5 is not going to be a, a 9 to 5 world. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I well, mean, contractors it, it are going to be change. doing the 9 to 5. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, there, there's definitely still going to be requirements of having to show up at certain times for certain things. That's not going to go away. Nobody's saying that. But yeah. but working around that stuff and becoming much better with time management, I think, is, you know, and balancing all these different balls that are being juggled at the same time, is yeah. that's yeah. where there's going to be a new level of attention applied. And and mm -hmm. I, that that is a good thing because it's going to force everybody to get a little bit sharper with that kind of stuff and be a little bit better about coordinating the connection points that where people have to hand something off or have a conversation or do a charrette or um, you know one one thing that some people on my team are doing is just having office hours where it's like publishing these times to say hey I'm available at these times to field any questions about anything that you need to throw my way and then people are also using there's a feature in office 365 called focus time and that pre-books slots of time in your calendar so that other people can't just hijack those hours away from you with some ad hoc meeting that just shows up all of a sudden so that you can actually get some work done so it's kind of equally yeah, important yeah. to have some 
levels of openness and just say like, okay, th- these are the times when that kind of interaction can happen. And then these are the times when it absolutely can't so that I can focus on my work and get things done. And then there's all this other life stuff kind of mixed in there. But I think it is going to focus <laughs> yeah. every, or it's going to require everybody to get a little bit sharper with time management and planning out their, their work schedules and their home schedules and all that stuff. Right. Right. Exactly. Anyway, I, I I can't believe we actually got somewhere with this episode because it didn't start off that way. But <laughs> I I still feel like I need to. Uh, I still feel like na- this is a good point to cut it off. I I feel like this is a good point to cut it off so that I can turn off my brain from the work and the architecture side of things and go, mm-hmm. as we've said on previous years when we talk about our summer trips, so that I can recharge. I, yeah, I really yeah. seriously need that right now. So. Oh, I agree. Well, time to turn off, man. What's the sound for turning? Do, do, do. <laughs> like there's going to be a sound effect for <laughs> the Matrix getting unplugged <laughs> or getting uh, unplugged from the Matrix. Kind of like a toilet flush sound, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that might be all for this episode, but maybe listen to the end just in case. This show is part of the Gable Media Podcast Network. See all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A dot com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out, and don't forget to share it with your friends. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com, where you can find our entire catalog of shows. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Oh, you